Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. Welcome to Triple M's Saturday Scrum. Great to have your company on this Saturday afternoon uh, as we head towards kickoff. <laughs> Semi-finals, terrific semi-final last night. Uh, that was one by the Melbourne Storm, 18 points to 13. Uh, this microphone sounds pretty dodgy from this end. I'm not sure how it's going that way as well. Sounds all right to me, Tone. Does it sound pretty good? Okay. Yeah. All right. The dulcet tones. Is it? Yeah. I, I caught up with Ryan Girdley yesterday in, uh, at Brisbane Airport. Uh, we sat together for half an hour. He asked me how I was, and I just whinged for the entire half hour. And you look, Reedy, a little bit oh. down in the dumps as well. What's going on? We've got my new car, Tone. Got my new car. Well, You've got to be excited about that. Well, it was exciting. It's been four days. I'm cruising along. I'm loving life. I come into the car park today, mm-hmm. and I've got these special black rims, you know, these black tyres. Paid a little bit extra, got them. Black rims look really classy, really uh, flash. And I got too close to the ticket machine, and I rubbed against the gutter. Took a little bit oh. of pain off, so mm. it's a bit deflating. I haven't told my wife yet. I've tried to colour over it. Well, know. she knows now. No, I've coloured yeah. over it in a felt pen. What? So I'm hoping she won't oh, notice. Yeah, that costs a lot, that. <laughs> Went and bought a felt pen. Yeah, we've got to replace the whole thing. The whole rim. You're going to have to replace the whole rim. Yeah, and <laughs> you can put it just invoice triple M because, I mean, it's... Oh, good point. Yeah, good call. It's their fault. <laughs> so you, you got too close to... The gutter. You know, when you get the ticket out of the machine, you get oh, you've got to reach out the window. Oh, the tyranny of having oh, short, short short arms. arms. Short arms. Yeah. Like Harry Grant. <laughs> T-Rex arms, he calls them. <laughs> T-Rex. Uh, that is brilliant. Uh, 18-13, that game last night. A great semi-final. We'll get to that in some detail. We'll also speak with Christian Welsh from the game, who was a bit of a hero. We'll uh, speak to him very shortly. This, is, of course, is all leading uh, to this afternoon. Five past four, Go Media Stadium. It's the Warriors and the Knights going at it, and you will hear the call from our our men on the job. Dan Ganane is there. Woodsy is there. Russell Packer is also there. I think, um, Gers, they've been spotted in some, you know, hot spas. Just oh, is in, that right? Yeah, just some bonding sessions preparing. Oh, yeah, it's a motley crew, isn't it, those three? But, um, no, I think everyone is looking forward to that game. Everyone is looking forward to, you know, celebrating this afternoon, regardless of the result for the Warriors, but just all their fans, a home semi-final, one game away from a prelim, going to be a cracker game. Hopefully, Sean Johnson comes out at some point. I don't know if you've got that ready and, and confirms that he's going to take the field, but it's going to be it's going to be a cracking contest today. Well, it's two great stories, isn't it? The Warriors season, uh, Webster, and then that run of the night. So, unfortunately, someone's season has yeah. got to come to an end. Mm. Reedy, is there Good any news on that front? spot there, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Uh, well, now, well, I heard that yesterday he, he, he did the uh, captain's run okay yeah. and he's sort of getting around the field, so and he made I'd be, the, I'd be he surprised. He made the initial cut girds down to 19, so yep. I'm like you, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't play mm. uh, this afternoon. Very surprised. Any uh, injuries from uh, last night? Anything on the charge yet? I don't think there was. was no there? charges, Tony, but there was, um, look, at the end of that game, Tui Kamakamitha got taken off. It was uh, it yep. was ruled by the bunker. It was for a HIA. Uh, it was de- deemed a Category 1. My understanding is he actually passed his test in the sheds. Now, he hasn't had a concussion the past two months, so that means they can apply for an exemption for him um, if if it's indeed deemed a Category 1. So, um, And I would imagine... Look, given he passed, as I understand it, the test in the sheds, there every chance of getting that exemption. The Melbourne Storm got the job done over the Sydney Roosters. A tight game of footy. Ryan Girdler, you were there. Uh, any surprises? I mean, the Roosters it, it could have gone either way, quite obviously. 
Yeah, Tony, it was you could it was, it was quite evident that, you know, both sides had, had been had a pretty big campaign and there were some injuries and yep. neither one of them relented. And I thought that was the most impressive part. Melbourne controlled probably the, the opening half hour of that contest and probably should have been a little further ahead, uh, but didn't find their rhythm with the football. And then, as we've seen the Roosters do, they certainly did it last week. They just um, they clawed their way back into the contest with that sort of never-say-die attitude, got some points back, and then, yeah, then it was just a real scrap uh, that could have gone either way. And uh, fortunately, at the end for the Melbourne Storm, a big play by Cam Munster got the job done for them. But um, look, I mean, it was a um, it was a bit of a scrappy affair, to be honest, but there was just lots of intent, lots of emotion. And guys like Cam Munster, you know, we talk about what he did in the end with that kick, but just being at the game, watching him and Harry Grant live and, and the stuff they do defensively, like the efforts around some of those stops that... Um, I think Munster was on Radley when Radley was in the clear, pulled him down from nowhere. Harry Grant, the amount of times he just got back with urgency and covered the fullback when the fullback was caught out of position and things like that. Those were the plays in the end that I thought got the Melbourne Storm home. But very entertaining game tone. Um, it was a great resilient performance by the Roosters who have obviously uh, been on a run now of seven or eight in a row. Yeah. But they just they just got worn down in the end. It felt like the last 10 minutes was, was two sides like like – a couple of heavyweights going for it in the 12th round and one of them was going to get knocked out and go home um, and the Storm just found a way in the last minute. Yeah, but you, you've said that previously, haven't they? That they've been up for a long time, haven't they? The Roosters sort of proving everyone wrong and going against the critics and then it was always going to be that time where they're going to run out of steam and that's what it looked like on the weekend. But it was the, the best play was just that, that last play, big winger versus uh, smaller winger mm. and it just shows that you know, athleticism, size matters in the big moments. And uh, Will Warbrook, I've watched him come through the Queensland Cup and just getting better and better at rugby league and understanding that he's he's one of the most powerful athletic wingers in the game yeah. at the moment. A lot of people don't understand or don't know about Will. He actually played AFL in New Zealand. Really? He was a really good AFL player in New Zealand. So um, obviously he played rugby union sevens for New, New Zealand um, uh, Represent, represented the sevens team in the international stage. But, yeah, he was quite a good AFL player in New Zealand. So he showed a bit of that skill when he leapt above Junior Ponga, I think it was, for that try. So mm. yeah, He's got to look very good for a rookie of the year, doesn't he? He's to be up there, certainly. Well, it's a good crew. I mean, there's Taruva yeah, at Penrith, true. obviously, that's and Jareem Bull is another one. There's, there's a good mix this year. A lot of injuries to both sides. Then when Jerome Hughes went out late, you kind of thought, oh, maybe it does tilt back towards the roost. Then Tyron Wishart comes out and scores mm. a terrific try early. Yeah, and he got Brandon Smith there, didn't he, which he would have loved. Uh, big dummy. I spoke to him actually um, after the game, Tyron Wishart, and I said, look, what did Jerome, Jerome Hughes say to you uh, before the game? And he said, Jerome came up to him and just said, look, don't try to be me, try to be you. So mm. one of the things he's good at is running the football. So that's what, what he set his mind on doing from the start of the game, run the football, and obviously scored a, scored a great try. Well, Catch up with Christian Wills uh, shortly, and we'll get his take on, on this as well. But obviously, one of the things came out of the game, and there's a lot of talk about uh, the refereeing performance. I mean, a Ash Klein, across the game, you know, I thought the control was, was terrific, but there were a couple of moments. Were they key? Were they not? I mean, it's those sliding door moments, aren't they? Certainly, there was a, a knock-on from Harry Grant that was mm. uh, called play on. And then it's, uh, it's exacerbated by the fact that they went, they get a penalty then, they go down the other end, and they, they score a try. Yeah. Uh, those sorts of things... Ha uh, in the run of play, Ryan, how did you, yeah. you know... 
See it was them. unfortunate, that one, but but you don't have the benefit of the bunker in those sort of life situations. So he's got to make a call on the run. There was a lot of guys around him at the time. I didn't see a replay because we didn't really stop to have a look yep. at that. They went on and scored the try. So being live at the ground, it didn't seem like such a big issue. Everyone was talking about how good the take was mm. by Harry Grant. <laughs> so it wasn't really till after the game or actually at halftime where some noise started, you know, filtering through about uh, it being a knock-on and potentially ap- apologising to the players during the contest, and I'm actually okay with that as well. That can happen. And, and well, that's, I'm, a, that's I'm, an interesting point, isn't it, Ryan? Let's have, because we can have a listen yeah. to what Ashley Klein did have to say. This is on field talking to James Tedesco. Oh, look, I thought he got his no. arm. No, look, I understand. I thought he got his arm underneath that. That wasn't even close. They could have challenged it, so you really must have remembered that. That's yeah, but I only call as I see it, okay? I apologise. I can't say any more than that. So by that stage, they must have yeah. obviously had a look on yeah. the big screen and seen what had gone on. I mean, what's surprising about the time with Ashley is he was in the perfect p- position to rule on yeah. that. I mean, he couldn't have had a better view of it. So, um, you know, obviously referees make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Players make oodles of them in the game of football. But that was just a really glaring one. And, and, and in that um, environment, on that mm. stage, you just can't afford to get them wrong, particularly when... They, as you said, they march downfield and score straight after that. I mean, you know, obviously we'll hear from Trent Robinson later. He did his best to bite his tongue, and I thought he handled it really well in the press conference oh, afterwards. He? But well, let's, well, let's listen to him now. We can. This is Trent Robinson. It was pretty clear that it was. I mean, it's pretty clear it was dropped. You know, it was. He was right there. It hit the ground. You know, what can you do? It was an error, and and then they went down the other end and scored. But we should have also stopped that. But that would have been a try scoring opportunity to us you know, 10 metres out from the line and in finals games, you know, they're, uh, yeah, they're always critical. He just said he, he called it as he saw it. I was 30 metres away, I could see he dropped it. I think he was right there, so that's how he saw it, but I think it was pretty obvious. I think everyone saw it, it was a knock on. Being really clear, we, we don't expect 50-50s. It's not the way that it, it has gone statistically in the competition. It's, we don't expect them, right? So I'm not, this is, yeah. Like we, we, I'm not complaining. We, um, that's not a, that's not a big issue for us. We should have went down and defended the, the, the play at the end of that. They shouldn't have scored off the, off the back of that from a penalty ten meters off their own line. You know, we should have been better than that. Um, and yeah, we, we, we should have finished the game and won the game. Trent Robinson, very considered and measured as he often is. Although he does, it's a not so subtle dig. Uh, what he's, is the perception that the Roosters don't get the rub of the green. Yeah. Be interesting to see yeah. what the NRL think of that because, yeah. uh, you know, it's not outright questioning whether decisions are predetermined, but it is sort of insinuating that. So, but, you know, obviously in that, in the in the heat of that moment, um, I thought he handled it pretty well, given the emotions he must have been feeling and given, as I said, it was such a glaring error. But... You know, at the end of the at the end of the game, they, they end up sort of ta- uh, going both ways. The, yeah, the mistakes, yeah. but the error also. You know, the referee came up with the error. He's only human. But then the error off the back of that was Brandon Smith mucking around too long in the ruck and just giving away that penalty mm. in that position. As he said, you've got to be able to defend them. So because they give up the penalty, because they concede the try, now it becomes a bigger moment than it actually could have been if they yep. had just defended out the set, got the ball back and got back into good field position. So even if they had got that, uh, it should have, would have, could have. If they got that footy there and they go two plays and knock on, then, you know, it doesn't yeah. change the game. And I think Robbo's probably taken into consideration there the two calls he got in the last minute that yeah. was a lot probably more um, recent in his mind or in his thought process. And he's probably thinking, well, 
you know, we dodged two bullets there and we we, we probably, um, you know, we got an unlucky break there, but it, it really did balance out in the end. I don't think any of those calls that went against the Roosters um, really had a, a massive impact on the outcome of the game, given the fact that those two situations that we're going to talk about now will let go with a minute to go. Yeah, indeed. And the one you, you talk about there, of course, is Harry Grant not getting a penalty for a high shot from Walker, which did clearly hit him around the chops. He stayed down for a little bit, looked at the referee and said, did you see that? You know you know what I thought mm. watching it, Tone? I thought, uh, and I thought, thought the way Harry went down, yeah. I, I, it had a bit of the theatrical about it. And I reckon that's why he didn't get the penalty. Yeah. I'm not saying he took a, you know, he did it on purpose. I think it was just the way he fell. It looked weird to me. Well, it looked very much like he was playing to yes. take the time that the, it would be looked at and you know, he would get a penalty. I mean, it was just minutes from full time, uh, you know, a penalty goal there gets him across the line. They didn't need that, as it turns out. But certainly they went both ways, those kinds of decisions, which means that uh, Craig Bellamy also had something to say on the refereeing decisions. The Harry one, when he got hit high, I thought nearly every game this year that would have been a penalty. Yeah, again, like, you know, if we get beat by a point, you know, <laughs> we might be talk, t- talking more about, you know, we don't want to sweep it under the carpet either type thing, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if there is different rules in the finals, well, just just let us know. But as I said, I thought <laughs> Harry did drop that ball and, and that, that was a big call or a big non-call or whatever. But having said that, you know, there's, you know, it's hard to, you know, blame the referee for everything, you know, he's got touch judges and guys in the in the bunker and that sort of stuff. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, I, I can't really control any of that. So I, I, I don't really want to and I just hope I can do my job. <laughs> you you got to feel, feel for referees too, though, because, you know, they've got like, feelings and emotions. So if yeah. he knows he's screwed up on, on the knock-on with Harry Grant, straight away he almost becomes hesitant and scared to pull the trigger on the decision. You know, so he's probably yeah. protecting himself in, in those cases. He kind of just wants mm. the game to go on and flow and he wants to almost fade out of the situation. So you've got to feel for them in those you know, sort of situations. Ben, you're a coach. I mean, he wants to be an NRL coach one day. Have you thought about how are you preparing yourself for those sort of moments when you come off a field and, you know, you're filthy with the result and, and I don't know what they do in the Queensland Cup. I assume they yeah. don't do press conferences straight no, after. No. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I think you need to make sure that, you know, when you're in the NRL and you're sending that message, like Trent Robinson there was careful not to fully unload on the referee and put some back on his own team, that we, we should have been better and that we should have been able to defend it because those messages that you say in the press conference are, are going to your guys. So, look, with the referees and, you know, because I've come through the grassroots system through coaching, um, there's a lot of really good people that volunteer and give up their weekends. I sat next to a referee not long ago in the Queensland Cup who gave up his... He's a police officer, gives up his weekends with his missus to fly all over the state and referee these games for the love. Mm-hmm. And he got a lot of things wrong in the game. And I lost the game. And I sat on a plane next to him for two and a half hours. Oh, I and I could have easily... You know what I mean? I was kind of a bit filthy that I had to sit next to him mm-hmm. at the start. But once we start talking, you realise... What a sacrifice he gives up to come and referee this game for us. So once you get that human element to it, it it's hard to sort of be angry at them for that. Oh, that's a great insight, um, Ben Interior. All right, so here we have a result there. Do Penrith now shake in their boots? What do Penrith feel about having to take on Melbourne Storm next week in the prelim final? Any takers? Oh, I don't think they'll be overly worried. Yeah. I mean, no, I, th- I didn't think it was the greatest game last night and, and Melbourne just scraped through and again... Um, you know, they're big names. Um, 
they're just not at their best at the moment. Cam Munster, I know he came up with a big play at the end of the game, but you know, and he had an impact on the game, but he's just not at his peak, the peak of his powers right now. Um, yeah, obviously Jerome coming back will help him immensely, but I think the, uh, Penrith won four of their last five against Melbourne. They've got a great re- recent record against them. Um, and, you know, Melbourne are going to have to get a lot better and a lot better to beat Penrith for me. Good. Yeah, I, I just think um, Penrith will have a lot of respect for the organisation, like the Melbourne Storm, especially at this time of year, in a prelim final. And I think it's eight eight prelims in nine years. It's quite a phenomenal wow. record, really. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're playing the Storm at, at this end of the season, there's nothing but the utmost of respect. So I think Penrith will definitely, you know, they'll come out um, ready, uh, ready for war and... I just think in the middle last night again, you know, they got dominated last week by the Broncos through the middle. Um, and, and I just thought when the Roosters sort of had a little bit of joy, it was again, it was on the back of momentum, it was releasing Brandon Smith from dummy half. And I just think the relentless nature in which Penrith play and which the Broncos play at separates these clubs. And I just don't think the Melbourne Storm have the middle. They started well last night when Nelson was on there. Nelson played 16 minutes and I think that, you know, he went off and after 25 minutes, all of a sudden things started rolling back towards the Roosters' favour. Yeah. And I just think that Penrith just have two, they, 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 I don't know, they just have players that make everything you do really uncomfortable. And I don't think Melbourne have the capacity at the moment to play for long periods in an uncomfortable way because they can't find their rhythm just in normal games. So, yeah, I just think it's going to be just a little bit um, too far for them next week to come across and up into Sydney in a Penrith sort of backyard and and try and get a result to make a grand final. I reckon they're over-reliant on Big Nelson for the physicality. You saw he he didn't start that game versus the Broncos and before you know it, the game was was over. They they sort of had, had the head start on him. And as you said, when he goes off, they just lose too much. I reckon Craig Bellamy's looking at the side. He almost knows. I don't think he's got a lot of expectation that they've got enough to get it done this year. He's been around long enough to know that. Mm. But for the fact that they get to another prelim off off the back of some of the performances this year and they're not they haven't been Melbourne like is just a credit to them and their coaching system to be able to drag those guys along and get them here. But I think Penrith are just going to be too powerful, especially up front with Leota and Fish Harris. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Ben Teo, and the world's worst driver, Brent Reed. Oh. Are you a really rubbish driver? For those who have just caught up here, uh, Reed, he did. He's got his new car and he's running into the gutter in the car park on his way the in. The more you say it, the yeah. more likely it is my wife will tune in and hear a tone. Yeah, what's your wife's name? Kylie. Kylie. If you ask Hi, Kylie. Her. Kylie listens all the time. She doesn't talk, yeah. tell you if about you it. If you ask Kyle, mm-hmm. she'll tell you I am the world's worst driver, yes. Really? Terrible driver. And so I'd, get, you... I'd lose focus. Oh, I tend to. That's what you want to hear, don't you? You're driving. Mm, maybe your description's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> could, could it be that? Well, have you ever looked through my glasses? They're, yeah, they're you like can see the moon. Yeah. I'd like to walk yeah. an hour in your glasses. You wouldn't get there. Wherever you go, you wouldn't get there. They use them when they're teaching kids what it's like to you know, drink driving. <laughs> 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 Are they teaching kids how to drink drive these days? <laughs> <things? laughs> Don't drink drive. Oh, yeah. This is what it looks, like. what it looks like. That's a course yeah, I want to go to. <laughs> 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 that's, that's Reedy's life. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried driving without uh, them? I can't see. Um, okay. I can't see anything. Do you, so do you, same difference, really. Yeah. G- given that you are almost sort of clinically blind, do you make love with your glasses on? Why <laughs> <laughs> are you suggesting I need to? <laughs> well, I don't know. How dare you? Well, Kylie, saying, if you're listening, well, you can give I'm us a call. Saying, or do you have contact lenses or do you just, you know, go, do you just fly blind? <laughs> hang on, babe. Hang on, babe. I'm just going to put the contacts in. <laughs> 
That's the most romantic the thing anybody play. could ever say. Uh, isn't you're it? causing me trouble because now my brother Peter's texted me and said he's heard of I've dig my car. It's only a matter of time to call him. I know. How, how long have you had the car? Remind me. Four days. Four days. Let's ring her. Yeah. Just imagine Rudy in the middle of it all. That's not a nipple. <laughs> 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 We're having three different conversations at the same time here. Uh, uh, so, Kylie, yeah. if you are listening, give us a call. We'll explain exactly what, what Reed did. It was a, it was a short arm-related accident. <laughs> T-Rex arm. That's how he grinned. He had to get so close to get his ticket swiped. Hey, hey, gentlemen, just very, very quickly, I, I just saw something this morning. So this is a, a question without notice for you. Uh, it's about advice that you might have been given because it was Delta Goodrum's in the paper today talking about advice she was given. Her parents taught her young to a good work ethic uh, and the ever-present sayings of it's nice to be important but even more important to be nice. Uh, it's mm. If it's worth doing, then do it well, whereas the Squires family motto was near enough is good enough, mm. uh, which has worked brilliantly all, all my life. Mm. But, you know, my, my dad was all about, you know, uh, look somebody in the eye, firm handshake, your word is your bond, all of that kind of stuff. Did you guys have anybody, was it your parents or their coaches that have actually given something that you've hung on to? Oh, mm. I, I'm thinking about advice my dad used to give me yep. probably around footy. He, when I was young, he used to say he used to pick the biggest kid on the other team. Mm-hmm. And he say, "You go out there and tackle him, or we're going home." Yeah, wow. it was very similar Tough to my school. old man. Wow. My old, my old man it. used it to was, have a, a yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. It was very similar to that. It, it used to go something like, "If you can't piss with the big dogs, stay on the porch." <laughs> <laughs> Not quite like Delta, but yeah. So it's about having a go. Yeah, it's yeah. about having a go. I love it. I sat on the porch a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I reckon there's two. My dad told me one okay. was never carry a grudge. Never, yeah. never. Although I've modified, you're a journalist. That <laughs> I've <laughs> modified. I've modified. <laughs> I say you've got to have one grudge, only one, because it's all the energy you've got. You've just got to have one, you know, just so you can say people have got a grudge. And the other mm. one was, and he regretted telling me this. He told me at uni, fifty percent's a pass, fifty one's a waste of effort. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully my right. kids aren't listening to that. That is good. Mm. So just I think he was only joking. No, just stick around yeah. the middle and yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah. Mm. Nobody will notice you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just about time for this. Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. All right, very simple operation. Use your names as your buzzers, if you wouldn't mind testing those for me, please. See ya. Reedy. Um, oh. <laughs> wow. Skipper. I'm going to go with Skipper. Are oh, you going to go with Skipper? Have <laughs> you right. had any other sort of... Um, pets that, that have, have died on recently? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Okay, but, well, then but, I'm going to go with Skipper. But, you're late. But thanks for well, well, you could use Frank. I guess I lost Frank in the divorce. So, you know. Who's that, Frank? That, that, another dog. You know. I'll go with Frank. Will you? Yeah. <sighs> okay, just to put the knife in. All no, right. I won't. I'll, I'll stay with Skipper. All right, though, I've got a few different themes going here today. Let, let, let's begin with just a couple of all sports questions. Which Australian uh, won a golf title in Cincinnati this week? Oh, which Skipper. Australian woman, yes. Greg Norman. <laughs> Reedy. Yes, Reedy. Minji. Minji, Minji Lee. Lee did indeed. Winning the US Open takes Novak Djokovic to how many Grand Slam titles? Skipper. Yes, Skipper. 24. Well done, which brings him even with who? Level pegging with what? Reedy. Yes, Reedy. Nadal? No. Skipper. No, yes, Skipper. Um, Sampras. No. Tio. Federer. No, Margaret Court. Oh, Margaret Court. Margaret Court has 24. That was a trick question. Yeah. Uh, the, the Wolf You Feed, obviously, is Andrew Webster's book about Wayne Bennett. has got received glowing reviews. Where was Wayne Bennett born? Uh, Reedy? Yes, Reedy. <laughs> Reedy? T.O. 
Read, no, read. Um, was it? Um, rock. Um, no. No, no. Warwick. Tio. Tio. Yes, Benny. Is it Allura? Yes, it is. Brilliant work near Warwick. Yeah. All right. I said Warwick. No, you didn't. didn't. Yeah, he didn't. All right. Uh, some questions on today's game. Uh, Newcastle taking on the New Zealand Warriors. It's going to start very easy for you. <clears throat> I'm going to give you two names. They are the mayors of uh, Auckland and the mayor of uh, Newcastle. You tell me which is which. The names are... Mayor is in a horse or is the mayor? The mayor, not as, <laughs> not as in a horse. Not as in a horse. The okay. names are Wayne Brown and Nuatali Nelms. Oh, skipper. <laughs> yeah, skipper. What was the question? <laughs> which, which city are they mayors of? Wayne Brown, who was the mayor of Newcastle, who was the mayor of Auckland? And Nuatali Wayne's Nelms. definitely the, the mayor of Auckland. That's correct. Oh, wow. And Nuatali Nelms is the mayor of Newcastle. Who was the first Knights captain? Ready. Yes, ready. Sam Stewart. Good boy. Oh, his other name was, the, what was his, uh, his um, yeah, Falk and Nom de Plume, wasn't it? Did he? he played, yeah. Okay. What about, what? The, who was the first Warriors <laughs> captain? Tougher question. Oh, oh I know Skipper. this. Yes. Dean Bell? Yes. Oh, Good boy. Good boy. All Good right, we're going to play a little bit of Knight or Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you and specifically who they are. So, Ryan Girdler. Uh, yep. Kevin Campion. Was a warrior. Andy Platt. Are you asking me all yes, these questions? Yes, th- three of you. Andy Platt was a warrior. Correct. Carbs Tuamavave. Carlos um, Tuamavave. He was a... Um, he was a knight. Well done. Three out of three. Ben wow. T, are you ready for your three? Yeah. Justin Holbrook. Uh, he was a knight. Correct. Cameron Seraldo. He was a knight. Correct. Brett Seymour. He was a warrior. Well, oh, pressure's on no. you, Reedy. Pressure's on you. Mm. Paul Rauhihi. Oh, where did Paul play with the Cowboys? He was a warrior. He was a knight. Oh. Todd Byrne. Skinny Byrne was a warrior. Correct. Yeah. Jacob Lilliman. Jacob Lilliman was a warrior. He was a warrior and he was not. He was both. Aaron Woods. Oh, a trick question. Well, that's the only, they're the only clubs he hasn't played yeah, for. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Uh, you are the winner, Ben Teo. Congratulations. One semi-final is decided. The Melbourne Storm over the Sydney Roosters last night in Melbourne. 18 points to 13, all heading now towards five past four kickoff uh, in Auckland, New Zealand. And the Newcastle Knights, you'll, of course, hear it right here with Dan Gadane calling alongside Aaron Woods and Russell Packer. Uh, who's a very smart man, very Russell smart Packer. Man, I very smart had man. chat with him, met, met him when he uh, moved to the Dragons. I think he's done got some couple of university degrees yep. uh, as well. So interested to hear what his take on that game is. We'll get to that very shortly uh, as well. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Ben Teo, and the voice you were hearing, Brent Reed, the uh, world's worst driver, uh, who's copped a lot of flack for driving his car directly into the gutter as he arrived. Oh, directly to the Reedy, oh, I just reckon, mm. you know, the, the best way to deal with the situation is just to kind of, you know, take some intestinal fortitude, man yeah. up, and just when you get home, walk in, throw the keys on the desk yes. and say to your wife, I crashed the bloody <laughs> I crashed the bloody Tesla, what are you going to do about it, yeah? Well, there's an issue there. It doesn't have keys, girl. Just start it with your phone. So I have to throw are it you phone. Really? really? No, true story, yeah. Start it with your phone, yeah. Oh, wow. There, there okay. are no keys. There's a key card, but you don't use it. You just use your phone. So, so what if someone watches you come out of the car... Mm. Punches you in the face, takes your phone. Can they just take off in the car? <laughs> well, theoretically, probably yes. Yeah. Okay. They won't be able to unlock his phone. Yeah. That That's <laughs> they handy. can't unlock his phone, mate. Yeah. Well, well, no, well, are you going to go to one of these semifinals, Reedy? <laughs> 
Are you driving? <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody be out you know, trying to steal it because it's so damaged. No. That's... <laughs> <laughs> What's the reception going to be like when you get oh, home? Oh, well, not good now. Mm. Yeah. So, and just a reminder to those who have just, you know, listening now, tuned in, how did you try to repair the damage? <laughs> with a felt pen. <laughs> so you drew with a texter. Coloured it in, yeah. Coloured in. So well, no... it's not a huge, it's just a tiny little, little mark on the wheels, yeah, on, the, on the rims. Yeah, right. So I thought I'd colour mm. it in. I think it's come up pretty good. I'm going to put another coat on it when I go downstairs. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. We've got plenty to get through in the couple of hours we still have to share with you. Just this little shout-out here we've been handed. And the NRL has issued a call-out to any ex-kangaroos who want to be part of the Kangaroos reunion, which is on Saturday, September 30 at the SCG. Uh, previous Kangaroos uh, database predominantly included home addresses only, I'm reading. The NRL is looking to update that database in time for this reunion. It's been resurrected by uh, Peter Volandis and Andrew Abda and coach Mal Meninga. Uh, now, they've issued the invites recently. And it's likely, uh, they say, that the details of a number of ex-Kangaroos is not up to date. Uh, Ryan Girdley, are your details up to date? Um, probably not since I've moved home. Do you want me to give them out? Yeah, it would, <laughs> yes, if you would, before you do. Yeah. Uh, I'll text them through to Pete. Okay. Any former Kangaroos players or staff who have not yet been invited to the 2023 Kangaroos reunion are uh, being encouraged to contact the NRL on 9359 8500. That's an 02 if you're outside of Sydney, 9359 8500. What is it? What's that number, Tone? Uh, 02 9359 Nine three five nine. Yeah, eight five double o. Do you say nine, double, five, o, double o, o or zero when you're saying those things? Zero, zero, because o is not a, a number, zero. is it? No. no, no, it's a letter. Thank you. Well, I remember Jason Stevens was on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. He said, I'd like to buy a vowel. Could I have a zero, please? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, feed, or you can go to feedback at nrl dot com dot. AU. Okay, there, are you going to that uh, reunion, right? Well, if I can manage to have the day off, Tony, because we usually work on Saturday afternoons, mm, that's uh, the day before the grand final, so I've missed a few of them because of that, but yep. if um, Charlie and Ewan decide to give me the day off, I'd happily go along, it'll be fantastic. I love it. Well, if you can't go, or if you've got a plus one, I'll, I'll come with you. I'll okay. Sure it fit yep. in there. Another one will bite the dust. Either the Warriors or the night season will end this afternoon at Go Media Stadium. Five past four is the kickoff for the Knights. Uh, 11 wins in a row. Quite remarkable, the back end of their season. Ryan, uh, Ryan Girdler, can they take it one more step? Well, they certainly can, Tony. I think it's going to be um, a, a difficult task over there, playing against the Warriors this afternoon. But, um, you know, people will tell you that winning becomes a habit, and they've got that habit. They can't remember what it feels like to lose. There's a lot of momentum uh, about everything that they're doing, and that carries through to, like, preparation, their training, their travel. Everything just becomes a real joy. Yep. And so that becomes infectious, and then that spreads through the whole environment that you create around the back end of the season. Um, and they're the teams that end up going on and, and winning the premiership because it all just comes together at the right time, and that's what's exactly happened for the Knights. I'm still a little bit concerned about... Kalen, to be honest, with his um, with his injury, he still copped a couple of bumps last week. Um, well, on your advice it. and on Ben Tio's advice, yeah, <laughs> Benny, yeah. yeah but uh, every, he's going to get targeted again uh, this afternoon, without a doubt. And you know, for the Knights, I think today what they've well, what they've been able to do so far really well is they're a real 
they're a team first mentality. So on the back of momentum, you don't have guys trying to be the hero. They know where the ball needs to go. So they generate that ruck speed and then all of a sudden Kalen yells out for the football and everyone gets out of the way. And that's really worked for them so far. So I think if they go with that sort of mentality defensively, they've been really sound and they can keep the crowd out of it. They obviously know what it's like mm. to play in front of a big crowd that's supporting them. Well, that's yep. not going to happen today. Um, the Raiders were able to, you know, keep the crowd out of the contest last week for maybe about 50 minutes. Um, so the Knights, if they can sort of get over there, stun the crowd a little bit, get the Warriors on the back foot. The Warriors haven't been in great form coming off that loss last week against the Panthers and the one before the Dolphins. Maybe they can find a way to, to get the victory. Oh, I'm I'm worried about the the atmosphere being a bit too much for the Knights, as you said. Like they were shaky at home with that environment against the Raiders, and without that support, I'm not sure they get back into that game. And I think that might have dented a little bit of their confidence. But you know, for the New Zealand fans and the Warriors, they have been waiting so long for this opportunity. You know, think back to COVID and think back all the changes, the new coach. I just think they're going to be so hard to beat. That place is going to be rocking. Um, over in Auckland. So for me, I think if the Warriors can get to a good start, I just don't see the Knights being able to pull it back. So, Is it think, those, those things, Benny, in, in terms of the, of the crowd, does the team that's visiting not just also feed off the energy that's there is, or is it genuinely really difficult to get over the top of a massive home ground? I think at the start of the game, if you're going into a hostile environment, I think you can start really fast and you want to try and stick it to them and silence them. Yep. But when, when the game gets going and it's it's those little moments where, you know, you might uh, make a little line break and you hear the roar of the crowd, it sort of yep. gives you that little bit of momentum. It's later in the game that they can really push you forward. And I just think that for the Warriors, like I said, this has been a build-up of a, a long time for this opportunity to play a finals game in Auckland, mm. I think it's going to be a massive occasion for them. I think that's just got to be good early, Newcastle. Um, you know, they weren't particularly good early last week, but I think if they, if they start the game strongly, um, and you can take the crowd out of it a bit. And, and if they manage to do that, I just think they're playing, like, like Gertz said, they're playing with such confidence at the moment. And Kalen's playing so well. And it's pretty emotional. This is an emotional trip for Kalen. You know, it's he, a family, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he was quite young, I think he was around 10, the family moved back to New Zealand for five years. His father's um, from New Zealand. They moved to Palmerston North, I think it was, and yeah, we lost a younger brother when he was quite young. They took they took the younger brother back there to bury him. Um, he's going to have about 65. He's got 65 cousins, and about 50 of them are going to be at the game. Uh, so it's quite emotional for Cale and his family. Um, and, you know, I think he's ready to go. And in the sort of mood he's in now, with that sort of inspiration behind him, there's no telling what Cale could do today. Do we know uh, anything yet about Sean Johnson? I mean, he's been selected in the side, yeah. obviously, but that calf, and that can take forever. Uh, is he likely to play? And, and on the flip side, Jackson Hastings for the night? Yeah, I mean, every indication is that Sean Johnson will play. But obviously, Hastings and, and Fitzgibbon are out. So, um, you know, those two guys won't be playing. Obviously, Adam Clune's been pretty pretty good in Jackson, in the absence of Jackson Hastings. So, uh, Jackson's a good player. I'm not necessarily. I, I don't think they necessarily lose a lot there, though, because Clune's been really, really yeah. good in place of him. Uh, but obviously, Sean's huge for New, the Warriors, and he's he's their talisman. He's their emotional leader. I mean, and he's probably going to win the Dally M. So he's a huge in for them. It's a it's a big test, isn't it, though, boys? For Andrew Webster, everyone's been singing his praises for the back end of the season. It's been a remarkable story. Um, 
But if you think about the, the, the lead-in to the finals for them against the opposition that they've come up against, it's not their fault, but it probably hasn't been conditioning for these sort of games. Um, they were pretty poor uh, defensively at the back end of the season against some opposition that really shouldn't have tested them the way that they did. They had that loss against the Dolphins. They were pretty scratchy against the Dragons. They weren't great against Manly, and they got done by the Panthers. So I think the test for the coach is... And I know that he's obviously been in a system that has a lot of success at this time of year at Penrith, so he'll know what to do, is getting those guys to believe again. That, those things that they were doing early in the season, they built their whole season around. You know, they played the long game. It was all about defence. It was it was attitude. It was discipline. It was all the things that we generally don't see from the Warriors mm. um, every year. He was able to instill that into the group, and they applied that, and I'm just... I'm just a little bit of concern that they've forgotten a little bit about what got them there. Mm. And I've seen a couple of things, chinks in their armour over the last few weeks um, against, as I said, some some opposition where I thought, you know what, that's not going to hold up um, at the back end of the season. I think today is a real... It's going to be, a, you know, a real chance for Andrew Webster to get those guys back to, to where they need to be. And if they can't get there... Well, they could be like the Cronulla of last year where it was a great season. Yeah, great But they story. go out in straight sets because they're just not conditioned for finals football. Yeah, they're going to rely a lot on guys like, you know, Chance Nickel-Cox start, you know, Tamari Martin, Sean Johnson. These are all players that have played in grand finals. You know, they haven't won them, but they've played in them and they understand these big moments. So I think towards this back in the year, those are the guys that got to stand up. Um, you know, because you have to think about, you know, Tamari Martin and Sean Johnson – yeah, they should really get the upper hand on Tyson Gamble and Adam Clune, right? Yeah. You should think that as guys directing them around the field. But I think the guy who is the key to this game is Wade Egan. Wade Egan, yeah. He's everything to the Warriors. I mean, his service from dummy half, his flat balls, he gets those guys like Fanua Blake charging onto the footy over yep. the advantage line. He's crucial to this game. Ryan Girdler, Ben Teo, Brent Reed, and Tony Squires with you. Time for us to do a little bit of around the ground. Just a mix of topics that we'll uh, throw the expertise at. Let's begin. I have a little bit of a question without notice because I hadn't really caught up with you since the decision uh, handed down at the judiciary that Jack Whiten will, in fact, be suspended for three games. Those will be served uh, in the red and green of South Sydney. Maybe is... one uh, All-Stars, Tone. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. But he doesn't get any of the international beforehand no. because he would, no. he'd retired from that kind of yeah. footy. Yeah. Uh, so so three three games was result from that biting charge. Are you, you happy with that, Ryan Girdler? I thought it was a little bit over the top, Tony, to be honest. I remember, like, you know, I used to have fights with my brother all the time and if one of us got bitten, the old man would say, well, did you put it in his mouth? And if I said, yeah, he said, well, you deserve to get bitten. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, Tyson put, you know, his uh, forearm across his mouth and then applied pressure. What, what else is Jack going to do? I would have bitten him as well. He couldn't breathe. Kids, don't bite. Don't <laughs> bite. He couldn't well, breathe. there's a difference between... I just think there's a difference, Tone, between going out and biting someone mm -hmm. and having someone with their forearm wrapped around your mouth applying pressure. So you're saying uh, that, in fact, he could have just had his mouth open and the pressure from, the, you know, the squeeze was where the marks I'm just came. saying if, you got, if I'm tackling a guy and I've got my, fit, my forearm across his mouth and mm -hmm. I feel it, I'm moving it because otherwise I'm thinking, well, I'm probably going to get bitten. It's the Gordon Tallis theory. He was yes. biting himself. Yes, I know. Religiously last week, and he I, showed us you can let bite marks. I know. Gordon Tellus, as a forensic scientist, was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tellus, <laughs> what did you come up that for the, when we, earlier It's kind of the same did. as a guy standing there with his fist in the air and someone running at it with his face. 
Yeah. Like, well, don't run at the fist if you don't want to get punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Don't. He ran onto my knife six times. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> saved up for the far, the advice thing earlier, fatherly advice. Yes. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, you, Ben T, are you happy with the three weeks, though? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, um, yeah, it's hard to say. It was the applying pressure what left the bite marks or did he have a little chomp? Yeah, it looks like a little bit of frustration from one. He took a bite, but... Um, yeah, I think it's fair enough. Three weeks, as you said, he's going to miss one one rep game. So two for South, he's going to miss. Well, he's going to miss Las Vegas. So it's really like a thousand weeks. It's very I'm sure he'll find yeah, his way over there. Yeah, I think yeah. he might find his way over there. Yeah. All right, uh, the West Tigers, their external review, uh, yeah, oh, the governance of oh. the club. Uh, it seemed from fans' point of view, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, and this was uh, instigated by the fans. They started to. Um, Agitate. What do you call it? A, um, oh, a petition. 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 Sorry, petition, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I had a brain slip. Yeah. Uh, and they got over 2,000 signatures. That went to the, the board. The, the it's just a rim, board. mate. It's just a rim. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still concerned about that car, guys. I can see it. I can yeah, feel it radiating off him. That yeah. went to the uh, organisation that runs the West Tigers, and they've, uh, they're have they going to conduct an independent external review. So Tony Crawford, he used to be at the NRL. He was the CFO at the NRL. Uh, he's now... Um, a consultant. He's going to be one of the blokes involved in that review. And they're just going to look at the way the club's run, basically. From the very top down. Very top well, down. Hope well, it's a forensic Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, the amount of internal reviews we've heard about at the West Tigers yeah, for the right. last yeah. 15 yeah. years, yeah. you know, n- nothing's happening. But the same thing, too. You, you can do a review here, but if you don't make any changes... Well, we're they're trying to, Benny, and this is the issue, right? They're trying to make sure, they're trying to get ahead of football at the moment. And I know they've gone after some really prominent guys and they've offered them big money. They don't want to go there. They, yeah. They've mm. said no. So, you know, they are, to, you know, to, to Benji's credit, Benji's made some coaching changes. And we, they were pretty well documented. Dave Ferner went this week. They're making changes and they want to make more change to the footy department to strengthen it, to give Benji more support. But the problem is it's the, the joint stinks so much. That, mm. you know, even, like, the, you know, the criticism is they always overpay players. Now they have to overpay staff and they can't get them anyway. That's how bad they're going. All right. So we don't see major uh, anything coming out of this other than No, uh, well, it could be that the, the this review finds they've got serious issues with the way the club's run and maybe it leads to some I don't think they need a review figures. for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe some high-profile figures uh, are under the gun out of this. Hopefully they can come back with just uh, maybe explaining to us like who's accountable for some of these decisions at what level because that's the confusing thing when you hear things coming out of the Tigers. If it's the CEO, they always say, oh, but the CEO is looking after the commercial projects and apparently that's going well. And even though they've got two wooden spoons, if it's commercially going well, you only have to think how would it go if they were actually winning some footy games. Yeah. Um, but no one seems to be accountable for, you know, the removal of coaches and, you know, now they've got someone there for recruitment. But it's just it just seems to be a piece to the puzzle missing where there should be some accountability laid for, you know, a combination of, like, results and decisions around coaching and um, and probably potentially, like, some some infrastructure around pathways and just those things that, like, a, a good footy, a general, a general manager of football does. Yeah. Is well, there no one in well, that well, role there, Reedy, that can take any accountability for how that club is at the moment? Well, Tim was meant to be cut, be that person, but when they decided to take the coaching job off him a year ahead of schedule, he was going to drop back into that at the end of two years. Well, when they took the job off him early, um, he said, well, okay, 
Let's go. Let's handle it. Well, it's one thing creating the position, but then, as Reedy said, trying to find a good person and the good people don't want to come there. So you might have to take a few steps down and and find someone who's up and coming, someone who's young and keen who can stay in the job and develop. But there's not many just Frank Panisi's just flying around the Mm, place. Yeah. Adam O'Brien, well, early in the season, it was all over really, wasn't it? He, he was gone. Now he sits coaching a team uh, in the semi-final this afternoon on the back of 11 consecutive wins and it's seen a new contract for him. Yeah, it looks like he had a two-year extension in the off-season, Tony. He's got one year to go on that deal, so uh, he'll be there for three more years and, you know, it's pretty remarkable, remarkable when you consider where he was only three months ago. I mean, yep. they were talking to other people about the coaching job and now... Uh, he's about to get an extension. He deserves it. He's done a great job. He stayed, uh, he stayed the course, and uh, and the corners turned for him. So I'm really happy for him. He's a good fella, Adam. Indeed. I mean, early on, when you he- heard him talk, he kind of sounded tired and emotional a, yeah. a lot. Well, he was going through a yeah, lot of this year with his mum. And, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's all changed, and the players are clearly doing it for him at the moment. What about uh, Ben? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I think it's fair to say too, Benny, that they're overachieved. Like when you look at that roster against a lot of the other rosters, especially in some of those key positions, yeah. you would have to say it, uh, this this year they've overachieved, right, to be in, playing to the Warriors today to get into a, a prelim final? Or yeah. do you think that roster warrants that sort of performance? I thought that roster was probably underachieving for a long time. You know, guys like Tyson Frizzell, you know, when they went there, like they were the top of their game, but he, he sort of hasn't hit his straps till, oh, I think, this year. this year. And then, and then you know, when you think about that, you think that, you know, Adam O'Brien was so under the pump. There was talk he was going to be sacked if he didn't win the next week and sort of, you know, Kalen's hit form and it's kind of propelled the whole club forward and all of a sudden you're signing another two-year extension so you got three more years. Like, has he just become that much a better coach in, in that time to be rewarded with that deal? Or is it's just, it, it all comes back to players and recruitment and, and them being informed. I mean, like Wayne always says, you know, like those players can make a coach. And that's what but, you got to make but sure. But it also, get. it also for me, like it's about you know getting the best out of the individual. And when you go, you just spoke about Tyson. But when you go through, you know, some of these, play, they're in the form of their career at the back end of the year, right? Mm. So I mean, systems and pathways, and that's all really important. But I guess if you're a coach, it's getting the absolute best out of the individual. It's got to count for something. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I was going to say it's, it's interesting you mentioned Kalen there as well in this, um, Benny, because I spoke to Kalen's dad this week, Andre. And one of the things he said was, Kalen is, is at a point in his career where he doesn't want to start again with a new coach. Yeah. He's got an amazing relationship with Adam O'Brien. And the club, by doing this, uh, you know, you've got to keep your biggest player happy, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have an unhappy bloke who's, who's your biggest star, your biggest name, it doesn't work. And by doing this, they're also going to keep Kalen Ponga really happy because he loves Adam O'Brien. Yeah, but mm. it, the same would be said then for Jason Demetrio. Yeah, he's down at South Sydney trying to keep his best players happy, you know, and if all of a sudden they were still in the finals and Latrell starts lighting up, we'd be talking about, oh, what a great coach. He's getting the best out of Latrell. Well, we said that at the, yeah, the in the first part of the year when yeah. they were leading the premiership. Yeah, so I just think, you know, there's so many variables in the coaching um department, isn't there? And I think he's struck gold and he gets two more years. But it's probably a hard thing to do to re-sign a coach when they're not performing so you get them on a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then everyone wants your head, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Alright, let's have a quick look at uh, the Dragons and the Ben Hunt situation. As a fan, you want Ben Hunt there because he's a great player. He's been there for a long time. He's the leader. He's the captain. 
there seems to be nobody else around that could take that place. The problem is, as a fan, you don't want somebody at your club who clearly doesn't want to be there. It, it, it drags everybody down, it would seem. What, what is the latest? He says he's going to be there, but he never says it with a kind of a thrill in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he'll be there next year. I mean, he's, that, that agreement's in place as far as I understand. Now, I don't think he'll be there the year after. I don't think he'll be there in 2025. But, um, you know, the Dragons have made it pretty clear they're not going to let him go next year. Um, and, you know, whether Ben likes it or not, it looks like that's the path that's going down. He will be there. He, he, he's obviously not overly happy about it. That's pretty clear. I mean, you know, Mick Carrianis did that in interview on The Telegraph with him this week and... Um, you know, it's on 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 the paper. It comes across that he's not happy with where he's at and 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 what's happening with the dragons. And he's made that pretty clear in other interviews as well. So, you know, it's difficult, right? Because he's your captain, right? Yeah. And, and and in the media, we love Ben Hunt because he always fronts up. He's one bloke in the game who never hides. Always fronts up. Always does interviews. Um, and that's a difficult part for the club because. He's often asked about the issues yeah. that are going on there, and he's so honest, he can't help it. He just can't help himself. Yeah, I think they need to pull him in line with that, though, to be honest. Like, you know, fair enough if he's fronting up for interviews and he's very accessible to the media, but there's certain things as the leader of the club that you need to sort of keep in-house. And, and I feel like for Ben, he needs to kind of can all that chat about not being happy and, and all that because, as you said, he's the one who signed the contract extension. Oh, yeah, he's the one that committed. He was very happy to do that and take that cash, and now uh, all of a sudden he wants out. Well, that doesn't suit the Dragons, and if I was them, I'd just keep him I'd, for the whole the whole contract. And I just know this. He'll still go out there and play good footy. And that's one thing I know about Ben Hunt is he will go out there and deliver and play good footy. But, um, look, as you said, there's no halfbacks out there, so sorry, mate. You signed the contract. You're staying with us. There's plenty of players out there that are sometimes unhappy in the situations that they are. But he, do, you, do you keep him as captain? Because in that same interview where he's saying, you know, he clearly isn't isn't happy, he says he's still the best man for the job as at leading that club, which does have a bit yeah. of a dearth of who is that going to be that next person to step up there. Yeah. But if your captain is the person who is kind of getting that vi- that negative vibe out from him, isn't that difficult? Yeah, I, I still think he's right. He is the best person to lead that side, and he would know that. So I, I would keep him as captain. He's still going to be the halfback, the leader. But I just think someone at the club, whether it's from you know the CEO or they need to pull him aside and say, yeah, we get you. You know, you've got your issues with staying here, and we haven't released you, but it's time to just you know shut it now and get on with it. And we've got a big season coming where we need to push the club forward. The problem is hard to hide Ben away, right? Because he's about to be. That was, when he spoke this week, it was at the PM's 13 um, um, announcement of the team unveiling that he's going to uh, go go into camp with the Kangaroos, yep. and he's not un, uh, on the he's not under the Dragons' jurisdiction, so they don't really have any control over him while he's with the Australian team. Yeah. Well, what about the investigation from the NRL? Uh, it's not uh, an investigation. For... No, no, it's not. It's Let's not make an... it very clear. Mm-hmm. It is not an investigation. Can you use the word that it is? It's an inquiry. Thank you. No, it's, it's a line of inquiry. Okay. So, so far, the Broncos haven't... N- nobody's inquired of them yet. No. Nobody's according, inquired according of... According to them, no. Uh, ben been, Hunt. So look, it, it's an open... It's a slow-moving It's thing, an open it? inquiry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it may go nowhere. There's every chance it does go nowhere. But someone's raised a concern about it to the NRL, and the NRL's... Said, um, okay, we'll have a Looking think. at it. Yeah, they're looking at it. It's an open line of inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> because... 
This is a problem, obviously, isn't it? When there I, are negotiations I, that would, would appear to be, I don't know, I don't have access to that knowledge, but yeah. underway when they shouldn't be. And they've made a decision, the NRL, because the rules are about to change. They're going to change really significantly. Oh. So at the moment you can talk to, talk to people before November 1, under the new rules, and I don't think they've exa- exactly finalised them yet, you won't even be able to talk to people before November 1. So they're going to actually enforce this rule. They're going to make um, make the change that everyone wants. I think everyone in the game wants it. Um, you know, um, young players who haven't played first grade, they can't even do anything until round six, which I think I applaud because I think it gives club, clubs like North Queensland who, who push this, uh, Canberra, Penrith, the development clubs, more time, time to protect their young players and, and, and retain them. And, you know, it was about time the game got serious on – Player movement, player contracts, November 1, and they are doing that now. I don't mean to be cynical, but you'd think there'd be still some whispers going on, even though they're not well, supposed I, to Well, I was talking it. to Andrew about it last night, down in, Andrew Abdo down in, in Melbourne, and I said to him, it, uh, that's fine, because in soccer they have um, transfer windows. Mm. But you know, you know what? You look in the sun, every day they have a, a transfer speculation story. It doesn't stop the speculation. What it stops is the clubs doing the wrong thing. Well, you hope it does. And what you need to have is really significant sanctions, and they will have that. We saw that with the Dolphins this week. It was $50,000. That's a huge whack. And they bail. You know, you talk to them, they've done nothing wrong. All right, let's have a bit of a review of the Roosters. Their season ended last night. As I said before, at the back end of the season, uh, there was... For those who didn't think they'd even make the eight, they went out on a run, but uh, dismissed last evening. Before I get your uh, the take of uh, these three experts right here, why don't we have a little listen to Coach Trent Robinson and what he thought the season was like. We, we weren't good enough, you know, of our... Like, it, it's OK. The, the, some of the opinions were harsh this year, uh, I felt like, but we weren't good enough. We weren't happy with where we were at. You know, we didn't play well enough, Um at different points to start the season in the middle of the season. We should have been better. We want to be the best we can possibly be. We've got to be honest about the way that the we started the season. People, they've just got to be careful at, at writing us off too soon um, because uh, we are a good club. We do have star players, but we've got a really good soul about us as well and we will keep coming and we will keep fighting and uh, we'll play a really tough brand of footy at the same time. So we, we should have been better People were were, were were writing things quite early about how we were and why we were the way that we were, but we knew we weren't at the level, and I love how we stuck together. Um, and so that was the rewards that we saw with the back end of the season and almost, almost another week. Grant Robinson, Robinson there, honest, obviously, but also confident about what that club had to bring and has to bring in the future. Where do you put it, Ryan Gurler, season 2023 for the Sydney Roosters? Well, I think it has to be said that it was a disappointing season, Tone, given their roster at the start of the year. I had them sort of in the grand final minimum. I think I might have even tipped them to win the comp given their roster. So I thought, you know, going in with 17 teams this year, there was a lot of sides that had to let players go. And there was obviously, you know, we needed to spread the talent a little bit. And I thought the Roosters giving, um, you know, Brandon Smith an opportunity to come into the club and one or two other really key signings. I thought they were really the only club that probably strengthened their roster going Mm. into the season. On the back of that... Um, yeah, I, I thought they were uh, going to go well into the finals. And look, yeah, they got to the, the second week. Um, whether that's a pass mark or not for for the club, I don't know. But for me, I, I think it's been a, a pretty disappointing season. I thought um, probably took longer for Smith 
to gel with with the group and to understand the way that he played early on in the season. Their halves didn't connect until probably, you know, the last couple of weeks where they went through uh, that period, which was quite disruptive with uh, what what happened with Sammy Walker. Um, They had a fair bit of, uh, you know, like most clubs, but they went through some key injury periods as well as suspension with Hargreaves and Radley. And then there was a couple of situations that they probably could have done without the Suwali thing where... You know, they took their eyes off the ball around that time and his form, he went from being one of the best outside backs in the contest to probably having a middle uh, middle period in the season where you forgot that he was actually playing, um, along with the, the Jason Rolls situation where he sort of picked up and left. Through yeah. the season. That was another thing that where they lost their focus and they had to deal with the Crichton stuff early on in the season as well, which they were a little bit light on back rowers and Tupanua wasn't around. and So, you know, they had some hurdles to overcome. Um, but all in all, if I'm being honest, I thought the Roosters would have still been in the contest and in the competition and pushing to play next week. Yeah, but I think there's some real positives um, to, to take out of it. Obviously, you, they were searching for some back rowers, and now young back row Wong has come through, and, and he's a star of the future. Also, it's great to see guys like Billy Smith really find their footy and, and, and show that he's a genuine strike left centre. Um, so I thought they did a really good job there to like bring it all together, especially mm. after the Jason Rolls situation to like bring it all together and start humming towards the back end of the year. I, I've always had just questions on sort of the spine and the setup between the the nine seven six. I'm, I'm still not sure that they gel together enough to be able to uh, win a competition. But looking at what their side potentially looks like one to thirteen next year, you know. From the get-go, you could almost say again that that's a team that should go to the grand final. Mm. When you add in guys like Dom Young into that side and the re-signing, obviously Tupo staying on and Lenu, Spencer Lenu coming in, some young legs there to go with Lindsay Collins. Uh, I, I just still think they're a team that should be getting yeah to the grand final. Yeah, it was interesting here what he said. Well, I was there last night listening to him when he was saying some people wrote us off early and mm. said things about our group. I was thinking was I was one of those blokes. Was he looking yeah. at you? He wasn't looking at me. No, he hasn't looked at me a lot <laughs> since I actually uh, wrote that about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I'm happy to admit I probably got it. Well, I did get it wrong because I, I wrote him off basically almost midway through the year. Yeah. Um, so to finish where they finish, I think it's not a successful season, but you, you give them a pass mark because – yeah, you know, they were basically going nowhere midway through the year and um, things just didn't look great. But obviously um, on the inside, it was, they're a lot stronger playing group and a lot stronger coaching staff and a lot stronger club than probably what many people thought. And, you know, I'm, I'm with Benny. I think, look, I don't know if I'd have them as favourites to win the comp next year, but they'd be, on, they'd be in the top three. And, you know, I love what you say about Billy Smith. I was really happy to see him have a good season. He had so many really bad injuries coming through the, as a kid and, and recent years. Even though he played obviously with a broken jaw, yeah, I think. 38 minutes. 38 minutes, which mm. just, you know, shows what kind of... He's, he's a terrific footy player. I love to see him uh, succeed. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Ben Teo, and Brent Reed, And we are joined uh, from the Go Media Stadium in Auckland by Aaron Woods. Woodsy, g'day. How are we, boys? Very well. How was the flight over? Not too bumpy for you? You were okay? No, this one was all right. It wasn't really too bumpy right until the end as we were coming down through the clouds. It was a little bit bumpy. I was getting a bit sweaty holding mm. the chair in front of me. But yeah. other than that, the only thing I'm disappointed is they put us on level level 28, 28, I think. And I got asked if I wanted to upgrade to level 38. I said, I can't be in the lift for that long. <laughs> You've mm. got a lift problem as well. 
Yeah, claustrophobia. claustrophobia yes, you oh, do. Man. That's right, claustrophobia and, then, and fear of and flying. Our, our producer Chica decides to jump in the lift with us this morning, mm. so almost knocked his head off the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I understand there's been a bit of bonding, Dan Ganane. Russell Packer's there working with you as well. Was there some hot spring action? Oh no, I think uh, Dan had the hot spring action by himself. Oh. He, yeah, we didn't get the invite to that one. That was a, it's a reverse bonding. For, for, yeah, so. We had a little bit of a bonding night, a team night, team dinner last night. Got to know the boys. Uh, it's been a great start to the tour. Woodsy, what's the uh, what are the conditions? Are you at the ground now? Yeah, it's it's absolutely outstanding at the moment, Gerds. The, the surface looks beautiful. The the weather's actually really good, but we do know what New Zealand conditions are like. Could change in a space of five minutes, and rain could come. But so far, so good. Um, hey, the the field looks immaculate, Gerds. Like and, uh, and what what so crowd starting to build? What's the what's the energy? What's the atmosphere like over there? Well, the gates haven't opened yet. Um, as we're walking in, there was chockers out the front. There was people everywhere. You, you, everywhere you walk, it's just up the wires. Um, I got a little bit of... I went on a scooter ride around town today with Charlie, and there was just... There's not just Warriors. There's a lot of Newcastle Knights supporters over here too. So they've come in numbers. Um, and it's, it's funny because it's a rugby union town to see so much rugby league support. It's unbelievable. When, when you talk about that scooter ride, like that, that movie Dumb and Dumber comes back. Who was on the front? Who was on the back of the scooter? I was on the back holding on for dear life. <laughs> did, you get down, did you get down to the viaduct? Is it called the viaduct? Yeah, the viaduct. Did you get viaduct. down there last night? Would you know what? what talking about, Reedy. <laughs> Is there a cow, there's a Cowboys and Indians bar down say, there from let's memory. Let's just say Danny Doolan's got a good little uh, Danny Doolan. yes, yes. How good. What are you expecting, Woodsy, today? What's your, what's your thoughts on the match, how it'll play? <laughs> Excuse uh, me, play <laughs> Coming, you're right, Reedy. Oh, uh, choking. Coming, <laughs> chili rice. Right? He crashed his car. He crashed his car. He's crashed the Tesla already. Yes, oh, he's crashed oh, the Tesla. Into the, into the garage. He's, he's yeah. very out of rhythm today. Oh my God! Does that have to go down the spreadsheet to get it fixed? <laughs> 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 Woodsy, have you have you heard Woodsy? Have you heard much about uh, Sean Johnson and his calf and sort of how he's at? Like, is is he a hundred percent or has he just got through the captain's run? Well, honestly, Benny, that's the biggest thing we've actually asked about here. What's happening with Sean? I don't think he trained yesterday. He trained the day before. They said he got through it okay. But, um, you know, if he's 100%, he would have trained yesterday. So I dare say mm. he's not playing at 100%. Um, yep. There's still a little bit of talk that he, you know, he's still 50-50 going in. Is he going to play or is he not? We're, we're assuming he's going to play. I think for the Warriors to win, Benny, they need him playing. If he doesn't play, yep. I reckon it goes in favour of Newcastle. Yeah, they did lose big Daniel Saifidi. But I just think the way Callum Pong is playing at the moment... Uh, I just think he can tear him apart, and they really need Sean Johnson, the Warriors. You're an old front rower yourself, Woodsy. Adam Fanua Blake, he's been in great form this year. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on his importance today? Oh, he's outstanding. I think the two front row, probably the whole three middles of the of the Warriors, really, in, in Toe Harris and, and Mitch Barnett, you know, they've been outstanding. Um, I think Fanua Blake plays the first 60 minutes. Uh, he's go forward. He's got great late feet. And then without Daniel Saifidi in the Newcastle starting, I just think... If they can just get over him in the front, you know, get those quick play balls defensively nice and strong in the middle, and just if Sean does play, if they can kick him to corners, I think they can really frustrate uh, Newcastle because he's going to be getting Caelan Ponga to work out of that corner, and he's more of a player that likes to get a little bit of open space. Um, but if they can dictate turns where they kick to, I think, and, and coming from the big boys, the way they lay the platform uh, defensively, they've been so strong this year, and that's why they've been in the top four. I just think that he's a, a huge player in the Warriors' side. 
Well, we spoke to Cameron George last week and he was talking about that swing and the support that there is behind the Warriors uh, in, in across New Zealand. Obviously, all blacks so crucial to the psyche of New Zealanders. But do you sense that? Do you sense just getting around in, in the streets how important this game is and, and this team now is to the, the country and that city? Oh, it's massive tone. Like, as I said before, like everywhere you go at the moment, like there's Warriors jersey. I know I've been here... You know, I've been here quite a fair few times in New Zealand. I've never seen this many Warriors jerseys around town. Um, you know, it's not, but it's not just Warriors jerseys as well, Tone. There's Newcastle jerseys everywhere. Um, they've come out in numbers. It's, it's so good to see how rugby league's taken the town over. And, you know, admittedly, the, the rugby union is not a big... It's not in a big time at the moment. I know the no. World Cup's on, but it's overseas. But their sides haven't been going as well as they have in the previous, previous few years. So... It's really good to see the Warriors go so well because it's bringing so much attention to the Warriors. Uh, war, uh, the Warriors, like we saw on, when we got over here with our phones, it came up on our thing up the wires, as in like where you're roaming. Like it's unbelievable <laughs> the amount of attention they're getting. <laughs> no shoeies today from you, Woodsy, in front of the coach's box. But other than that, uh, did you say games. you're on the same level as Charlie White? Because you need to keep an eye out for him in that hotel. You know nah. what he gets up to. Well, I, I actually got one level lower because I don't want to see no people floating around bare naked. So I'm yeah. a bit, yeah, keep to myself. He's on the it, same level as Dan Ganane, actually. Oh, wow. Well, that oh, could get weird. I mean, it's going to be... It's, That's super weird. It's going to be a, a long elevator ride this time for Charlie if he finds himself naked in the hallway if he's coming from the 30th floor. And, and we've got 360 ele- uh, mirrors in the elevators again, too. So it could oh, be yeah. Am I being yeah. shoot canned? Hello, everyone. How are you, buddy? talking about Charlie's talk about Charlie. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Yes, I went to the hot springs yes, because yeah. I was on my own yesterday. These blokes... <laughs> I, I get a chance to come to New Zealand. I'm going to take advantage. So yeah. it took an extra day. And did you get uh, the wide so, sides on, did you, Dan? The what? The wide sides, the speedos, and get up there and bathe yourself in the hot springs. Let me tell you, I put my hand in, that was enough. I just wanted to see it. I wanted to take an Instagram picture and get in the car and come home. That's authentic. Did you go to Road to do that? No, I, I, I went for a drive because I've got to tell you something, right? I like. Auckland to me, mm. CBD, is Melbourne with an accent, right? It's fine. <laughs> but, wow. but you get out of Auckland. This is a beautiful country. So then I'm yeah. going to go for a drive down to Rotorua and, uh, you know, the hot springs? Like, they yes, really. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know what that says about me. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, Plenty. but you know what's amazing? So I listened, I listened uh, to radio uh, going down, coming back. So it's about six hours. Warriors fever is real to the point the uh, talkback station had a topic in the middle of the day: "Is rugby our national sport anymore?" And it was oh, a seri- wow. it wasn't a tongue in cheek. And um, half the callers now I don't know if they stooged it. So yeah, it wasn't a sponsored segment like we did. No, here. no I, don't, I, I, I don't think they're a, <laughs> I don't think they're a rugby league station. Most of the people, you know, they love their rugby league and up the every call up the wires. And the All Blacks played this morning, but there has been more talk about the Waz. You got to call them the Waz here. Yeah, That's yeah. part when you cross yep. immigration, you have to call them the Waz. <laughs> I promise you, look, it's for real. So um, uh, nice. I've never been here before. It's a nice big stadium, and I can't wait for the blackout. And uh, and and we're going to get. You talked about the Shuey. We're going to get him. We're going to get Woods <laughs> Because he's near where the bloke normally uh, goes. The, the coach's box isn't far away. So we're thinking twin shoeys. Oh, that's, yeah. that's Massage, pedicure, <laughs> Dan, the whole, the whole works? Or? Whatever, whatever, whatever gets us, uh, we'll, we'll get Woodsy and the bloke 
and it'll be like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Are you going to do it, Woodsy? I'm in. If they win, definitely. Take control of your show, Tony. I love it, Dan Ganane. Have a good call. Enjoy. Aaron Woods, always great to talk to you, buddy. Enjoy yourself. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Ben T.O. and this man. Midnight, midnight Oil is the intro as well for you. Yeah, love it. Yeah. All right, um, uh, what were we talking about? D- Dylan Edwards, obviously one of the great fullbacks, is yes. proving himself, but it may not be the position Mal picks him in. No, well, well he won't play fullback for Australia because yeah. Teddy Teddy's got a mortgage on that spot and obviously Kalen and Reese Walsh from the mix to sort of back him up. But Mel's got a dearth of centres at the moment. If you look at the guys he's lost, Latrell Mitchell, no Tommy, no Jack Whiten, potentially no Val, although Val's certainly still in the picture. Um, yeah, interesting and, picture too. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but so Mel's actually it's looking at Dylan. Ed- workout. D- yeah. Yeah. Mel's looking at Del- Dylan Edwards as potentially a centre for the uh, Pacific Nations tournament that's coming up at the end of the year. So, look, he deserves a chance. Dylan has been knocking around the door. Went close to the uh, World Cup tour last year, and I'm sure he could handle it. Yeah, absolutely. So, who else has he got in there? I mean, obviously, he's got the hammer. The hammer, yeah. Hammer so, oh, yeah. Um, and that's about it. All right. There was someone else I've forgotten who it is. I mean, there Bra- is someone else Best in the mix. Be, oh, Bram and Best, the yeah. other guy, yeah. He's rolling truly Have in the mix. In the frame, yeah. yeah. Tommy Deedens uh, had a good season. Yeah, he was he was in PM's 13 camp this week, and I caught, I just caught up with him. And look, I mean, he was a bit, he was, he wasn't overly com- comfortable with my line of questioning. I asked oh, him about okay. the uh, his uh, contractual future because he's a November 1 guy, Tommy. Um, the Cowboys have made him an offer. At this stage, he hasn't accepted that offer. Um, and I just said to him, look, what are you thinking, Tommy? And, you know, he obviously said the usual spiel. Um, I'm leaving it in the hands of my agent. But he did say that his priority is to start the Cowboys. Um, you know, they, they obviously gave him a chance, took him midway through a few seasons ago when he was struggling at Brisbane, and they've turned him in. He's become an origin player up there. So, um, look, he's hopeful they can thrash out a deal. But before until that happens, he's definitely on the radar of several clubs. And, and the asking price for Tommy or the, the price that's – going to be on, Tommy, it's going to be quite significant. So the Cowboys are going to have to sharpen their pencil a bit. Are you often in the situation where people are uncomfortable with your line of questioning? <laughs> like away from football? I, I, uncomfortable might be a bit unfair. I, I just don't think he enjoyed talking about it. Yeah. I said, mate, Tommy, I've got to ask you. I so did if you start any sentence with, I've got to ask, yeah. it kind of you He's know, a nice fellow, though. You know, some blokes you'd, you'd be wary about asking. Tommy, he's a nice bloke, nice kid, and shouldn't say kid. He's a really nice fellow. So he was, he was very polite. Playing good footy. Or what about Kale Weeks? What's that story? Yeah, it's been, ongoing, isn't we've it? We've been following this one for a <laughs> yeah. while, Tone. Yeah. Uh, and obviously he's had permission from Manly to go and have a look around. Uh, Canberra was the club that showed most interest in, in him. He actually went down to the nation's capital this week, toured the club, met the officials, met everyone. And my understanding is he agreed terms with Canberra. So Kale Weeks, good young kid. He's been at Manly. He's had a few games. Um, he's uh, going to be, it looks like he'll be at Canberra next season and potentially is a 5'8 down there. Warriors Knights go media, media Stadium in uh, just over an hour and a half's time. And why wouldn't we catch up with one of the legends of the game and the Newcastle Knights, Danny Badiris. Good day, Bedsy. Hey, Tony. How are you, mate? Very well. Are you at the ground yet? What's the situation? Yeah, yeah at the ground. Um, yeah, the uh, the wires are filtering in. There's, there's plenty of people getting in and getting to their bars. And, um, yeah, they've done an awesome job over here making a a great environment for their fans to come to. So, yeah, they're in all, all in early. I love it. And what about your boys? You had, had a look at them as they wander through. Are they nervous? Are they up for this? Yeah, they are. They've, they've just checked the field out. Everyone comes out and has a look at the field. And uh, the Warriors are on the other side doing the same thing. And, yeah, I guess everyone's just gone in now and 
yeah, it starts to get real, I guess. They're getting getting their tape done and um, probably 45 minutes away from being real serious about warm-up and um, getting it on. Yeah, it's not too far away now. Hey, Beds, Gerds, how are you, buddy? Gee, it's, hey, it's, been, it's been so good to watch this whole run that the – the Newcastle Knights have, have been on with the community. We know how passionate you are about the people, mate. What's it been like to live up there and experience what's happened of late? Yeah, it's, it's awesome, good. It's, uh, you know, three sellouts. Um, I guess the brand of footy uh, they've played and uh, you saw last week how, how influential that crowd was and, you know, the, the experience that the players had with all four, wasn't it? I guess all four, they, the best probably experience they're going to have. And they're going to have another experience over here, but it'll be all against. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of fans. So I, what I've loved also in these... 10-game winning sequences, all the young kids around town and the young kids of the games, all mm. dressed up in night's gear, and I guess that's the next generation trying to influence to, to play the game, but more importantly, be, be Knights fans. Danny, Benny Teo here, mate. Um, you know, with uh, Jackson Hastings out, you lose a lot of that sort of vision and that organisation. Are you pretty confident that Adam Clune can really step up and just be the guy to steady the ship and get them around the park? Hey, Benny, yeah, mate. For, well, what we've had in the past, I guess all sevens have had Pressure on on them, especially here at the Newcastle Knights. Um, after Andrew Johns, I guess, but um, we've also we've got a plan. I've got a style, I guess you'd say, a framework where you can just. I'm really impressed about the next man up mentality. They just come in and play a role. They don't have to come and reinvent the wheel and um, be that under pressure number seven. So he'll come in and just steer the team around and put other influential players in that team. They'll help him do that, and he just has to get the um, those sort of players the ball in the right positions. Hey, Betsy, it's Brent Reid, mate. Um, I've got to ask you the Callum Ponga question. Now, I spoke to Peter Parr this week, and he said you've been doing a lot of work with him on leadership and, well, all, all the leaders at the club, but Callum especially. Can you talk about how he's changed the leader this season? Hey, Reddy, yeah, he, I guess, yeah, Callum himself, he's always wants to be the best he can be at whatever he wants, to, you know, whatever it is in, in this game. He's such a young young player still, but achieved uh, a lot. But he's, you know, he's that... Um, that big dream winger premiership, you can see that's there for him and he's, he's really trying to lead the charge there and with communication and with definitely with actions. And um, I think the you know, even last week, another, an action that, you know, everyone knew he was under you know, a bit of pressure with his injury, but as soon as he got the ball, he just, he just charged as hard as he could. And I think for all players, it was just um, go, okay, Cohen's here, you know, he's, he's, he's on board. We've got to jump on board as well. So, you know, those little, little actions that he's doing that were are really big actions for the team. And, um, all the players are jumping on board. So, yeah, that's that's a, he's an influential player um, for our club. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and Bezzy, I read a story about the recruitment of Kalen and, and the fact that uh, you took on uh, he and his dad in a game of golf and took the money uh, from them. Uh, <laughs> has there been a chance for them to turn the tables? Oh, yeah, he comes back with vengeance. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got all the money now, so he, he wanted to raise the stakes. So <laughs> back in the day when he was just a kid, but now he wanted to up the stakes and he towed me up, so... Yeah, he's definitely uh, on top in that matter. Betsy, what about uh, what about young Phoenix Crossland? I mean, you know, he, we've watched that transition over the last twelve months. It's been quite um, unbelievable. How much work have you specifically done with a, a guy like that? I mean, you transitioned yourself. A lot of people probably don't know that you were sort of come through in the centres. You play. I think you might have even played a couple of games on the wing, and then to transition into that dummy half role. It's a specialist position, and he's doing it oh so well. Yeah, well, look, I've, I've always said to Fiend, like, um, I'm there for you, whatever you want to do. And we've got a little club, a little nines club. And, you know, we've got we're on uh, the WhatsApp group and away we go. So most days, Phoenix is the driver of that. Casro lets me at certain times. And, 
he's just thirsty and hungry to to be better and to to play in that role, to be the best he can be in that role. Understanding that you know, our club captain and Jaden Braley, the enormity of that when he went down at the start of the year and knew he had to step up. And um, now being the next next half, he understands how all the half need the ball and want the ball. He's got a mm. he's got a real sublime passing game. Um, it's just about now the timing and evolving in, in the experience of being a number nine and. He's very physical. Loves leading the, the the line speed, and that's been a real uh, a real plus for us. Is how physically he's in the middle. Beds, you li- you've lived through some fantastic days with this footy club. You've been at the in the middle of a lot of them. What's this like at the moment for you when you see this club just thriving again and winning and and just being in the mix again? Yeah, it's it's, it's been a real tough time, and you know all the fans. Uh, you saw them last week. You know it's. They were there. They were there to cheer on the good times, and yeah, it's it's been really difficult for all all, all people involved at the club. Um, you've seen players grow up before your eyes, and you know from the Safidis, from you know three wooden spoons, to now you can see the attachment that the town has to the team, and the team needs to have to the town. And if both of those are going well, that area is going well, and um, I think definitely the players will understand that now. What needs to go well today, Bedsy? What do the Warriors do well, and and how do you guys get the job done? Yeah, it's probably the like all teams, you, you need to get the ball over to them in certain positions of the field and not giving them cheap possession and, and cheap field territory, which um, we did that last week. Uh, a lot of lessons were learned um, in a final series, which a lot of these players haven't played in before, but they get an opportunity this week to you know right some wrongs, I guess you could say. So it's really important where you know you give the, the ball to the Warriors. They're coming at you the back end of the field pretty hard with, with outside backs, so we have to be physical in those first three, that's for sure. And but yeah, they'll they'll keep coming. But I guess the kicking game, and yeah, we we hand the ball back to them. Benny Tio mentioned it earlier, and we were talking about the Knights. Just a player. I mean, we talked about Carlton and various other people, but uh, a bloke who I was heartbreaking when he left the Dragons was Tyson Frizzell. He has this season really come back in a huge wave, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, he's he went to about leaders. You know, probably him and Kalen, different types. Kalen's a bit more of a communicator in um, you know through words and. Through thought and 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 Tyson's through uh, through actions and his his emotions are, are there and his passion in the way he plays the game. So yeah, he's he's fully fit. I think that's the other obvious one. You can see he's fully fit. So um, he's another one that can influence players and the way that they play. And um, you know Tyson's the leader of our team. And I think, like you said, he's he's someone that's um, you know we've lost Lockie Lock Fitzgibbon on our left edge. It's been awesome, but you know Tyson's going to be very very prominent today for our right edge. And Dylan Lucas and comes be- in on our left. And, Betsy, you must be happy to see Adam O'Brien get some credit. I mean, you've been there. You've seen what he's been through. It's been a, an interesting year for him personally. And then DR to sort of put this run together now, everyone's talking about a contract extension after early in the year. People were saying, well, they might need to look at other options. So how do you get on with his number bloke and, and how do you feel about, um, you know, what he's going through at the moment? Yeah, really tight with that. He's public and son, you know, he's man's man, calls it as it is. And that's all you can ask for is... Um, as a player, the players love playing for him. And look, at the end of the day, he's no better coach than he was, you know, 11 weeks ago. It's just, it's all started to click. The systems have started to click. And all of a sudden, you know, you're winning footy games. And that's all it takes sometimes for all coaches. In there, I know are great coaches, but, you know, you need the players to believe and the message and, and the systems you're putting in place and get results. And that's what's happened the last 10 weeks. Well, Danny Badiris, congratulations on those last uh, 10 weeks and good luck for this afternoon. Go and enjoy it. Do you enjoy it? Are you a bit like Craig Bellamy and just have the blood pressure going? <laughs> <laughs> nah, definitely, definitely got to enjoy it. Yeah, it's uh, the experience is to see the looks on the faces. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see what they're about to experience. But um, yeah, a bit of nerves, but at the same time, so, so thrilled to uh, be a part of this and, and just be sidelined.
Go well, mate. Thank you so much for giving your time. No problem. Thanks, boys. Top. See you, Bats. There he is. What a legend of a human uh, being. Good fella, Danny. Time for this. First one. This is just basically poking the uh, two Queenslanders that uh, we deal, have to deal with up there. Ben Tia, Ryan Girdler. <clears throat> Believe it or not, Queensland is an AFL state. You coming to me? No, I'm not coming oh. to you. I'm just, you know, getting some support in the oh, way okay. I said that. I thought yeah, I really like the way you said right, that, yeah, yeah, thank you. Queen, Believe it or not, Ryan Girdler, Queensland is an AFL state. <sighs> How many AFL sides they got up here? One. One. Oh, well, I'd no, say no, there's, a, there's a Gold Coast. Coast. Yeah, there's there's the Gold the Coast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no yeah, one knows too. about them. No, you're yeah, right. no one knows. Yeah. Forget. It's the Bermuda Triangle of football yeah. teams oh, oh, there. I, you know, I think the Queensland mentality, Tony, is a little bit, you know, they jump on whoever's going better. Oh, That's the feeling I get after spending some time <laughs> oh, up here. So it's like, wow. you know, if the Lions <laughs> are going good, they're on the Lions. If the Broncos are going good, they're on the Broncos. Fortunately for the Queenslanders, they're both going well this year. So they're finding it hard to split. So I would say... Yeah, it, it depends. You're saying Queensland is a bandwagon state? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Benny Tia? No, no, it's all about rugby league up here. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll never be an AFL state. Um, yeah, look, the line's going great and it's, it's, it's pumping around the city at the moment, as you said, both teams. But Queensland, state of origin side, the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Cowboys, it's, that's what everyone's about here. Mm. Love it. Will be big next Saturday, isn't mm. it? When they're both going, both the Broncos and the Lions are playing back to back, different venues, obviously, but both in Brisbane. What do you believe oh, it or not? I think it's laughable tone. The oh. AFL can fudge all the stats they want, and they yeah. do fudge them yeah. to make themselves feel more self-important. But rugby league, cle- uh, Queensland's clearly a rugby league. State. I forgot you're a Queenslander as well. Oh. That's who I thought you were talking about, Tony. Yeah, no, I was. Oh, look, Two I was just throwing yeah. you in the mix oh, okay. there, you know, because you kind of you know, trying to come lately. You look at the television ratings up there; it's yeah. a smash up every week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, believe it or not, and this comes via Willie Mason. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, the Knights have quote the worst spine in the league. The worst spine in the league, Brent Reid. <laughs> no, that's just guff. I mean, they got Kalen Ponga. He's just about the best player in the game. So well, that's only one member of the spine. Well, he's a pretty well, who's good member. Who's got the worst spine then, Reedy? Oh, Tigers to give it a shake. Canterbury, maybe? Yeah. Canterbury are pretty bad. Okay. Maybe. So you're, all right, so you've got them long oh, way from the worst harsh. spine. That's, that's a bit harsh yes. on Canterbury. <laughs> Anytime really you say it, you know, the, <laughs> it, it is harsh. <laughs> it is harsh. Benny what, oh, can I say no, that, that, What about the Dragons? Actually, I, oh, the, I think yeah, the Dragons that, are up there. Uh, I think that was harsh. I'll probably maybe more agree that, you know, in the last, you know, sorry, the top six teams is probably the worst spine, but they're doing well. Yeah, I, I just think if you look at them, there's a lot of guys playing above what they usually have in their career. Um, you know, guys like Tyson Gamble, right, who spent a lot of time in reserve grade, struggled to hold down a spot, and then he's on fire at the moment. So, um, but me and Gers, we've had this chat before, haven't we, that okay. if the Knights yeah. were to go through... And, and win the comp, then maybe that could be um, the worst one to ever win a comp. I'm not sure we had that conversation. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a good quote, though, from you. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to ask no Tyson doubt, like, Gamble about that quote next week. You know, Ty, like, yeah, Tyson Gamble, and, and we know that he's, he's not playing today, but obviously Jackson Hastings, you know, they got guys that are nomadic, right? By nature, they move around to different clubs yeah. looking for a hole. 
And, you know, they've found that spot. But, yeah, if you compare them to some of the other spines that they'll come up against if they win today, especially the Brisbane Broncos or the Penrith Panthers may be a grand final. Yeah, you would have to say they fall behind in those areas. Um, and I spoke about it before when we were talking about Adam O'Brien and what a job he's done. Like, um, these guys are playing out of their skin. Like, you look at these guys, you take it going into like a major semi final. Dylan Lucas, Leo Thompson, like Crossland at dummy half, Clune, Gamble. You know, there's guys there that are uh, um, just finding their way in the league well, well away from being sort of established stars of the NRL, and they are mixing it with the best. So he's done a wonderful job. May have been an off-the-record conversation those two were having earlier before. Okay, the yeah, final one. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, look, this is a little bit antsy, but, you know, who cares at this stage of the day? Uh, believe, believe it or not, the NRL got the pre-game grand final entertainment wrong. We're talking about the Tina Turner show tribute. They got it wrong. No, I think it's good. It's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, Tina Turner, she's an icon. Rugby league icon. Yeah, but so, it's not Tina performing. Well, that's all right. It's her songs, isn't it? Yeah, well, I guess they'll, they'll, like do, they'll have to do the two, you know, someone the anthems. Someone with her voice and her... Well, from know, the show, from the yeah. Tina Turner show. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I don't mind it. Bit of Nutbush City Limits, you'll be up and dancing? She won't, they won't sing that, will they? Oh, I don't know. Well, they'll have to do what you... Simply the best. What you get what is what you, get you is see. What you see. Yeah. The, the great, iconic rugby league anthems. Okay. I, you, I don't mind it. You're on board, okay, Ryan Girdler? I, I have not thought about it, to be honest, but I'm going to say That's why it's we give you a rundown. Appalling. It's just it's appalling. appalling. <laughs> I mean, it's appalling. <laughs> just get some original artists in there to get on and do their thing. What are you doing getting a show? Like, what is it, some sort of musical theatre? Hey, hey, We need a vibe there's before nothing the grand wrong final kicks off, Tone. There's nothing wrong with musical theatre. Yeah, oh, there is at a grand final. The bloke's about to go into battle and you're going to come out and, you know... What you see? Dance around singing. Tina you know, Turner. This is the anthem for rugby league. Cover, been cover songs. Yeah, cover. You know, you can't sing cover songs at grand finals. You need to be singing the, you know, original. But Tina Turner passed away this year. This is a tribute to Tina yeah, well, Turner. Unless you're bringing Tina back, we need to let it go. Oh, wow. That is harsh. What about his. You've really changed since you went to Queensland. You can't sing covers. It's <laughs> got to be originals. <laughs> exactly. It's a grand final, Rudy. It's a grand final, brother. Yeah. Okay, sorry. You know? Yeah, you can do You can do the covers at the New South Wales Cup grand final. <laughs> I, I heard that um, Kiss are playing at the, the AFL. AFL grand yeah. final. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're not a cover band, are they? Well, how do we know? They've got makeup. Could be just any four blokes they drag out of the thing and shove that makeup on. Uh, ben Teo, what do you think? Oh, well, I was with Reedy. I was actually yeah. I was quite fine with the team until this passionate yeah. statement from Gerds, and I'm, I'm with him. It's just oh, appalling. Wow. It's, <laughs> he threw you on yeah. that. No, no I agree. You've yeah. you got to do better than that. You've got to do better than that. You've got to do better than that. You've got a year to put you, that together. You, you look over the fence with the AFL are doing, they're always um, pushing and trying to make that grand final experience something memorable. Hey, just get the place rocking. And Kiss look. isn't pushing. Kiss got, Tony, got a whip, whip watch of meatloaf. The, the Tina Turner show, I go to Brisbane Entertainment Centre. <laughs> of course. Like people are paying huge, you know, huge amounts of money to go there and sit there to watch this grand final. We need to light it up. I mean, they had Robbie Williams last year, but you could have seen him at that, you know, at a theatre as well. Just because they perform in a the theatre doesn't mean they can't perform in an arena. Who do you want, Gertz? Who do you want to see? Do you want? Oh, I don't put that on me, Reedy. Really. I just want an original <laughs> artist. Oh, is there a out grand there. final is a Broadway. Bring in the Honestly, vibe, guys. brother. Uh, Bring in the vibe. <laughs> Not coming all the way down there to watch the Tina Turner show. Okay, time's running out, but thank you very okay. much for that thought. That's my favorite. Thank you. Believe it or not, ever to Saturday's <laughs> 
Reed, he just said to me he's getting nervous, Gertz, because he's got to drive home. <laughs> just oh, yeah. piloting the Tesla. Just getting it out of the garage is going to be a problem. How, did you, yeah. you know, in terms of where you parked, are you not close to other vehicles? Oh, downstairs. Mm. Well, I wasn't when I got here, but I probably will be. Hey, you know what I did park in? <laughs> an that? EV park. Have you noticed in this building, the car park, it's got parks set aside for, for your electric, electric, electric vehicles? I've always driven past them and thought, oh, I wouldn't mind parking in one of them. Is there a charger there? Or is it no, just... there's no charger there. It's, but they're it's green. It's just a status thing? The, 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 they're painted well, green. Wait, 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 wait. That's a disgrace. Well, I'm going to park in one next yes. time I come in there. <laughs> I'm going to park sideways. That's discrimination. <laughs> Why is it just, just to say Against that... diesel lovers. <laughs> is it just to encourage people to perhaps going and I get that kind I of car? so. Maybe oh, you can. Yeah. There's no charging station there. Maybe there's a PowerPoint. Mm. I don't know. Well, maybe you should go and drive into that PowerPoint. So you're, uh, as Kylie found out, you had about no teeth. She's texted me about dinner, but nothing about the tyres. Nothing about the tyres. Rim, so we're looking all right so far. <laughs> all another, right. Just another... text her back, dinner's the least of her problems. <laughs> <laughs> she knows that already, I think. Uh, Ryan, uh, very quickly, who do you think is going to do this this afternoon? I'm just going to stay uh, with the home side on the back of Sean Johnson playing and, you know, just going back to doing the things that got him in this position. Lots of emotion over there. Really enjoyed the night's run. Think it's going to be a really good contest, but I have to stay with the home side, the Warriors today. All right. Big crowd. It is a sellout there at uh, Go Media Stadium. Ben Teo. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Gerds as well. The Warriors, as we know, the energy's there. Sean Johnson's going to bring a lot of confidence to that side. And I think, uh, you know, Chance Nickel Clock start, Sean Johnson, Tamari Martin, enough experience there to get them through on the big day. I'm going with KP to get the night's home. I think he'll have a whale of a game, and I reckon mm-hmm. they might pull an upset off. An upset to make it 11 in a row to get there. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your efforts today. It has been wonderful. Thanks for listening. Triple M Footy lives on Listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.